Oh, my friends, Friday, Friday, thank goodness it's Friday. We made it, you made it, and we're here live on the wrestling podcast. That's wrestling spelled W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. It's all of the graps, but without the E. But of course, me and G, we're not anti-E, we're simply pro-wrestling. Hello there, my name is Liam, this fella is Gareth. Hey! And thanks for welcoming us to your podcast feeds once again. We really do appreciate it. Lots going on this week. Gareth, how's things? Good, mate. Just rapidly trying to pack a bag as uh, I'm off to, well, touch wood, so long as... uh, there's no restrictions coming. I am flying out to New Orleans on uh, on Friday, next Ooh, Friday. There we go. Oh man, globe trotting. But fear not, folks. There will be episodes throughout the festive season. We're going to have a jam packed week next week, putting together some specials and other bits. But yeah, that's cool, man. You must be looking forward to it. Yeah, really looking forward to that. You know, it's been oh what you know, getting on. Two, it's been two years since I left the country, and you know, you know what I'm like. Usually here, there, and everywhere uh, under normal circumstances. So feeling real ready to get out there again. Very cool. Very cool. How long are you there for? Uh, so I fly out the 17th, and I'm back the UK on the 4th, I believe. Oh man, so a good amount any, of time. Yeah. Are there any shows running whilst you're out there? I, you know what? I haven't checked. Originally, AEW actually was going to be running like the day after I left. <laughs> But they've cancelled that show, so I'm I'm feeling less mad about that. Um, yeah. I might see if um, there's a couple of local indies. I'll see if either of them are perhaps running over the the festive period. Yeah, man, absolutely. That'd be great. I'd love to hear more about that scene. How about you? How's things? Yeah, all good. I too am jet setting at the weekend. I'm uh, hopping over to the continent to fetch my granddad, who's coming over to us for Christmas. Which Phil Classic, nice. Phil Classic indeed. Um, so he'll be joining us in the UK, which would be nice because, you know, he hasn't met my daughter yet. And you That's know, wild. she's 16 months old now. So, That's so you know, nice. Yeah. So that'll be absolutely lovely. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I don't know if I'll get him to guest on the podcast or all his, <laughs> uh, his wrestling know-how. Yeah. He was the master of the Full Nelson back in the day, <laughs> much more so than Chris Masters or indeed Bobby Lashley. So. <laughs> oh dear. That, that has just reminded me, I need to make sure my, my I leave my flat in a suitable condition. <laughs> Oh, yes. Gav's very kindly lending us our flat, his flat for my granddad to stay in. That's how deep this podcast friendship runs, folks. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Right. We've got loads to get into this week, so we should move things along. At the back end of the show, we're talking about two banger matches from last weekend. We picked them at random, but having watched them, I feel quite smug, somewhat clever, because they do kind of relate to one another. So it's going to be a fun conversation. We're talking about the Dio Grand Prix final between Konosuke Takeshita, friend of the show, and Yuki Ueno, one of our favourites, as you well know. And then over in the US from Beyond Wrestling, Fate Forever, great show as well on IWTV, if you haven't seen it yet. Another favourite of this podcast, Alex mm. Shelley and Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. So that's at the back end of the show. But what we're going to open with is a very, very exciting interview indeed, because you may have picked up on the last couple of episodes, Gareth and I are pretty pumped about the return of the Australian wrestling scene Absolutely. in particular, this clash between Melbourne City Wrestling and PWA Black Label. This is going to be a lot of fun. This show is called Worlds Collide. It's on the 19th. And one of the big matches on the show is between the two respective champions. So this is a real rarity. Tough Stuff Ricky Self, representing PWA Black Label. And Adam Brooks, who's been on the show before, you may recall, this year, who is still 
the MCW Heavyweight Champion. And we're going to speak to both of them. We're going to get you primed and ready because, folks, if you haven't watched the Aussie scene already, this is a perfect show to do it. You're going to get a smorgasbord of Australian talent to decide who you like and who you don't. I would encourage you to check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. But we open this show with Tough Stuff Ricky Self, somebody who I think is going to be a really big deal in the next couple of years. So get in on the ground floor and check out the champ, Ricky Self. Okay, folks, we are back. And as advertised, we are here with the PWA heavyweight champion. It's tough stuff. Ricky South, all the way from beautiful Australia. Ricky, good morning or good evening as it is to you. How are you doing? I am well. and It's a good evening. Um, thank you for having me on, gentlemen. I very much appreciate it. Always keen to uh, talk things Aussie wrestling, wrestling in general and uh, PWA for sure. Yeah, 100%. And we were just talking in the in the preamble and it's uh, the Aussie wrestling has become something of a you know a favorite of mine over the last couple of years you know it's been the shining light really of of some quite dark periods where you guys have had big live crowds and uh, i'm somebody that loves finding new things in wrestling so when you've got a whole scene that you haven't actually had the chance to explore and discover yet that's this is music to my ears you know there's so many exciting wrestlers down there and of course you're 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 one of them one of the big names at this point so i mean what's the what's the last year or two actually been like you know for tough stuff ricky self had its ups and downs obviously covid has greatly impacted what we do here on the australian front just like as it has everywhere else but on the downtime i tried to take that opportunity to rest up my body uh, recover some niggling little injuries that uh, were troubling me um, refocus, try and get a bit more of a better diet plan and workout regiment implemented. But um, a lot of it was kind of focused on making sure that the passion doesn't die. Mm. And, the, you know, we are still motivated because we had so many things lined up and so many good opportunities uh, ready to rock and roll with. And then the first lockdown uh, that we experienced happened. And then, you know, there was no sort of, end in sight and then we started to come back a little bit and then as we started to come back a little bit and gain mm. a little bit more traction, we got locked down again so it's been tough but third time's the charm hopefully we're <laughs> out now for free hopefully they don't put us back into uh, isolation for a third time and I, I don't know if um our listeners will necessarily know but the sort of australian lockdowns have been a lot sharper than mm. the UK style ones, you know, you guys have really been isolating much more so than, you know, other than our very first one, you know, when yeah. lockdowns have been imposed, you guys are really inside. Yeah. Uh, I mean, lockdown inside, we weren't uh, able to go, I think, 2Ks or five yeah. kilometers out of our house. Wow. Only, we weren't allowed visitors. Quite literally, leaving outside was for only for a strict uh, number of reasons. And I think even uh, Melbourne uh, actually had an actual curfew, so I think you won't be you weren't able to uh, be outside past eight pm unless you had a government permit. Yeah, it's, it's been absolutely wild, and I don't know, like it hasn't necessarily gone well reported over here that that's been the fact. So yeah, I I really appreciate the fact that you know you. It sounds like you're a real glass half full kind of guy there just your kind of silver lining from from all this no no point being negative mm. no that's fair you mentioned about focusing on you know, the the diet and the workout regimen i mean how how have you gone about trying to stay fit 
during this period because it's you know I, I don't mind telling you that it's I used to go to the gym quite a lot and it's been a massive challenge over the last couple of years just to working from home is just uh, working out from home rather is not something that's agreed with me particularly the uh, amount of discipline involved perhaps is not is not quite where it needs to be but uh, how have you found it look I'd be lying if I said it, I didn't find it tough and challenging but look e- even though it was tough it was challenging the fact that there was always in my mind an end goal or a little bit of a finish line always helped um mm. i am always kind of uh, spurred on by the thought of um you know being the the pwa heavyweight champion mm. oh, obviously uh, a standard that uh, needs to be upheld there so you can't really be lazy on that front mm. but you know just the idea or the goal or the drive of just knowing that when we do finally get back into the swing of things, like I think we are now that we're going to be going thick and fast and pretty quick um, was always, you know, that little dangling carrot. So it was hard. And, and so obviously a, a few, a lot more rest days were taken, but yeah, definitely a, a nice little uh, challenge to the will and determination. Watching the most recent PWA show, he was thinking, geez, there's a lot of really good physiques here. Some people have been using their time, their lo- lo- lockdown time well here. Look, yes. You know, um, funny that you mentioned that. I looked at mine. I was just freaking hated myself. But that, that's oh, not another one. Yeah, you would have been one of the people I said looked in <laughs> phenomenal shape. You look massive. And yeah. you're, you're, <laughs> I, it's, it's a wonderful world, professional wrestling. And, and being in, in this sport uh, your mind plays tricks on you yeah I, you've, you've yeah. got to think you know like not to pathologize anyone but you got to think there's probably a fair share of body dysmorphia doing the rounds in uh, in pro wrestling circles fair amount yeah not not to sort of bring the bring the tone down but ah, look, it, it's, it's not bringing the tone down. i think it's just part and parcel of yeah. what we do i don't know why i don't think it should be but it just is yeah yeah i imagine it's just so easy to kind of look at you know your mate next door and just go oh he's in real good shape why you know why why am i so small or, you know it, it's so easy to just on instagram just see these 16 year olds or 15 year olds just jack to the gills and lift <laughs> 300 kilos what are they doing that i'm not doing but i digress it's like deadlifts didn't even exist when i was a teenager <laughs> yeah there you go. Um, I don't want to linger on the COVID stuff for too long because I'm sure you, yourself and everybody's had their yeah. fill. But one thing I did want to mention is, you know, you were saying about before the most recent lockdown, it felt like things were starting to really pop. And I, I got that feeling too. And that was, you know, really highlighted by the the whole Aussie Open Velocities match, you know, got the, the Meltzer seal of approval and you kind of started to hit, see PWA doing the rounds a little bit. I mean, I I felt so bad for those guys that they weren't able to perhaps fully capitalize on it. And, you know, I'm sure things will be waiting for them now. But gosh, that must have been a a tough one to swallow. Yeah. And look, uh, as much of a a cheerleader I am of both Aussie Open and the Velocities, both of them, I'm sure, had a lot of opportunities lined up and opportunities taken away from them. Um, But again, they're, they're great, as you said those opportunities will come back or different opportunities will present themselves. And, you know, and speaking to all of them, they're not that uh, distraught because a lot of other people in that same boat and they have the mm. mentality of, and 
full credit to all four of them. They have the mentality of we'll work hard now and we'll never stop working hard. And sure as shit, we're going to get the opportunities you know, now or tomorrow, whenever. No, I couldn't agree more. It, it's definitely going to come. And I think well, we're going to, we're obviously going to talk about the huge crossover event with MCW later in the show. But I think with that show in particular, there's going to be an awful lot of eyes back on the Aussie scene. So plenty of time to rebuild momentum in a quick way. But let's get into the nuts and bolts. So Ricky, for people that haven't been familiar with your work, perhaps you could give us your origin story a bit. You know, how did you get involved and, uh, and, and what's your wrestling journey been like so far? Sure thing. So I started out um, wrestling in Sydney, Australia with another organization for a very very short time not a fruitful sort of tenure so i decided to move on and when i did decide to move on i actually called a number on a pwa poster that i saw and the, this poster had a mobile number so i gave it a call i just talked to this person I'm like just asked to come around see if i can try out whatever and then i met the guy who i called and funnily enough that person was robbie eagles because mm-hmm. he heavily involved in PWA and our academy and kind of things got snowballing. And it's one of those classic sort of scenarios whereby once you start, like pretty much indoctrinated in it about to this day, we're still at six or seven days a week training at our facility. And that hasn't stopped for a number of years. And it all just started from just little by little, everything progressing and snowballing from the initial tryouts to obviously consistent training to honing in my craft and my skills to having my first match and then to where I am now. There's no real hard lefts or, you know, dynamic sort of uh, whirlwinds or revelations here. It's all just been a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work, I guess. And now top of the mountain is PWA champion. You know what? Your words, Gareth, not mine. Top of the <laughs> No, that 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 is good and there's something to be said for it you know a story of sort of grind and hard work and you know that that is enjoyable I mean what's the from from my perspective as a, a fan from the UK the the two big ones are appear to be MCW and PWA but I've obviously had a you know flutter on your cage match um you know prior to coming on and there's quite a lot of promotions down there I mean how how easy is it to work regularly in, in a country as vast as Australia I, I would be honest and say it's not the easiest with having uh, about six different states or territories uh, and each territory having roughly around about I would say three or four companies mm-hmm. or organizations to, to work in it's not easy to, to fill up your weekend Mm. And unless you're, um, and as we we're discussing before this, uh, unless you're top tier uh, performer and um, have quite a bit of a name and world renowned, uh, you don't really go in a state every weekend. But um, fortunately enough, uh, locally within Sydney, a few other organizations or companies have been opening up and um, uh, more opportunities have presented themselves to get those reps in and, you know, mm. fill up weekends which is which has been nice yeah imagine that makes the world a difference having the ability to work regularly like and it just improves i imagine it just improves the scene on a whole like when you know a rising tide lifts all boats you know if everybody on the scene is getting more reps in and getting to work more everybody's going to get better and going to get better quicker yeah like 100 you know like i i wish that i do consider myself a little bit of uh uh somewhat educated in different sort of scenes mm. and I always keep hearing you know how amazing you know these 
wrestling camps with All Star Wrestling or Brian Dixon sort of journey. Uh, and you know, how you wrestle, I don't know, five, ten matches a weekend. I'm like, I froth at that. Give me that. <laughs> you know, if I was to wrestle like five matches every day for seven days, give me that. Mm, hungry for it. Hungry for it. That's obviously you know, Brian Dixon, all star, real staple over here in the UK. I have noticed well, you, you've traveled a little bit doing some stuff in the States. Um, is that, have you been to any other countries? Or is, it, is it strictly America that you've toured? Uh, look, uh, unfortunately, strictly America. And I don't mean that as uh, a slide to America. It's just it's been, it's been the only place. But um, my journeys to America that I've uh, made have been awesome, enjoyable. Both of them were primarily centered around going for uh, Chikara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, look, I have no real sort of bad stories or ill uh, feelings towards any of those sort of travels that I've done. It's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to go to as many other places as possible, much like every other wrestler ever. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, am I right in thinking as well, you're, you're the, the last man to hold the... The Chikara Young Lions Cup as well. The forever champion, yes. I am the <laughs> unless, unless it comes back and uh, the tournament um, returns, I am still currently the Young Lions Cup champion, yes. Forever, forever and always. Forever and always. Um, that's high praise. <laughs> so, so Chikara, I mean, Gareth and I have followed Chikara when it was going and, and had the good opportunity fortunate opportunity to see them over here as well what was that experience like you're wrestling wrestling for them for a couple of matches over a course of two years i believe look it, it was a great experience um obviously interacting with mike quackenbush on a, a little bit of a different level has, was a very uh, educational experience hmm. working with other professional wrestlers in the u.s indies was great because you know I've only really experienced Australian Indies. And there is a bit of a difference. You know, at, at that time, I just managed to kind of, you know, interact and wrestle with people who are now fairly big mainstays mm, on yeah, absolutely. Indie scene now, which is a whirlwind. It's um, pretty ironic. But, yeah, it, it was great. Again, no bad things about my time there. And uh, I only have fond memories. It's really nice. Yeah, that is really nice. Yeah, some big names in there. I noticed you'd wrestled um, Still Life, who we, we've spoken to in the more recent guys as Edith Surreal. Um, just yeah. a, a fantastic and just super interesting character as well. Yeah, like I had a semi-final match against Edith Surreal. And, and then in my mind, it seems like an absolute lifetime ago, but it was only about two, two yeah. years ago. <laughs> even two and a half time has been a funny one the, the last sort of two two odd years yeah but it, like wrestling someone like it surreal was awesome fantastic meeting mm. someone bryce remsburg and having a bit of a chat with bryce awesome because um pwa and chikara have quite a big um connection yeah go back many many years oh that's interesting so you know bryce knew of me and knew obviously knew of pwa through robbie mm. eagles through and through uh, other people and then yeah was, again i'll reiterate just not a, not a bad experience there. yeah i wasn't aware of the that chikara connection but just from watching um the most recent pwa show i was just like the the one direction gimmick i was like that's very that's very chikara i love it <laughs> yeah 
uh, I, I, th- I think we decided to capitalize on the uh, popularity of one direction. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that really tickled me. Yeah, and it's just one of those um, funny ideas that just never went away. And <laughs> I don't know about y- yourselves, but it's always funny to me. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so just people that maybe aren't familiar with you on a sort of personal level, you know, how would you describe Ricky South as a wrestler to people that, you know, maybe keen to see you, but haven't seen you yet? Look, I like to describe my wrestling and who I am quite simply. And I define that as just flamboyant aggression. I, again, like to just challenge a lot of just the preconceived notions of what uh, a wrestler can be. And then, um, yeah, I, I am very flamboyant, very colorful, very out there. But on the flip side as well, I do very much take my wrestling quite seriously. Mm, mm. And it depends uh, what night you get me on. I may be more <laughs> aggressive. I may be more flamboyant. Yeah. And being the champion now, um, I need to be a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. You know, one thing that it is super impressive as well is you you were the man that ended caveman eggs sort of was i think it's like 944 day reign as pwa champion like that's quite a feather in your cap i think as well you know that's obviously you know big from a kind of storyline perspective it shows you know tremendous faith in you as a performer yeah it's it's, had to feel good yeah it it was great i I was getting bored of caveman ug holding the title for for that long Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's the longest uh, champion that we've had because of one or two lockdowns that we had. Yeah. We couldn't wrestle for about eight months, but Caveman Ugg sure as hell would uh, take those eight months under his aggregate title <laughs> rank. <laughs> Again, it was fantastic. Beating Caveman Ugg and obviously uh, winning that belt, something that, you know, every, everyone achieves to accomplish mm. the moment that they put in their respective um company i guess mm-hmm. interested to get your views on this because I, I i kind of really feel a sense of pride with being the champion kind of coming through the the screens when we're talking to you but what mm-hmm. changes for a wrestler when you become the champion beyond the obvious that you're carrying the belt is there something sort of more untangible that comes along with that well yes um and one of them is i don't and people will say this is just placed upon yourself but there is a bit more pressure mm-hmm there is a bit more pressure to, you know, execute everything that you're meant to. Other people can maybe slip up or have a bad night, but the person at the top of the mountain, the person holding the title, can't afford to have a bad night. Um, they got to put on the good matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got to be got to be Mister Reliable, Mister Dependable. Um, basically, everything. If you need one person to basically hit it out of the ballpark every single time, that needs to be your champion. Mm-hmm. You know, and come that comes, I, I need good gear. I need to look like an absolute beast. I need, you know, everything to be schmick, on point, looking good. Interesting. So, yeah, there's, there's a fair, fair bit of pressure that comes with yeah. that one. And I did think that Now We Conquer, you know, you being, I think, sort of first first man out to start the show after a six-month layoff, you know, again, yeah. I thought it was great. Put the champ out there front and centre, open the show, you know, and with a big victory as well. I thought it's sort of, uh, you know, and, and a really, really good match. Yeah, look, and I think it, um, I, I, I like the first match. Yeah. As much as I'd love to be the last match, I think the first match is also a very good challenge and a very good, you know, tip of the cap. Because after, you know, 
quite a few months of being away. We need a solid match. We need basically a bit of a banger. Someone to hit their mark on all fronts and not shit the bed. Because if, if, if hard, and then the momentum that you're going to carry for the rest of the show is just... Yeah, absolutely. So that, that was obviously a, uh, a nice uh, little nod be the first match yeah 100 percent. it was a great match as well actually um with carter deems um i wanted to ask you a bit about the the post match uh for for folks that have seen it um can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with the the sms group and uh, what may or may not be going on there so uh, many many years ago on unsocial jordan runs a group called sms and their group is primarily focused on uh censoring all of pwa that they find you know, risque or debaucherous or, you know, adult content. So they're like Zuma right to censor. They're, they, yeah, they're Australian right to censor, basically. One social Jordan's the Valvinus. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and what happened when we crossed paths, obviously being flamboyant and being, uh, you know, overly out there and fun, uh, I came the cross crossfires of SMS, got to a point whereby, there was a match stipulated whereby if I lost, I had to join SMS and I lost many months later, there turned out to be a little bit of a Stockholm syndrome effect whereby I really liked being involved in SMS, but lo and behold, it was all just a, a nice little ploy and uh, turned out to be a little bit of a double agent and then turned my back on SMS. Mm. But now Jordan wants to save me again because I've got Carter Deems who is a thorn in my backside. Mm. Um, an uncontrollable beast. I uh, like barely won. And now on social Jordan with his team or with his units trying to bring me back on board because, you know, I can't, or I'm tr- struggling trying to handle Carter Deems uh, just chomping up my heels while trying mm. to defend this title. So, yeah, that's, that's a ludicrously brief summary yeah. of the history of the mess and Ricky South. A lot of history there. Does the SMS stand for anything? So when SMS first uh, came into light, it's still, uh, it was an abbreviation for the social media squad. Ah, which, perfect. Only enough, consisted of, on social Jordan, a wrestler called Snapchat, <laughs> as well as another wrestler called Instagram. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Uh, Instagram, funnily enough, and I don't think it's a secret because it's obviously been revealed, was uh, Carl Fletcher. Oh, no. um, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then uh, a couple of years went by, then they brought on Facebook. Ah, oh. uh, yes. Yes. And now, and Facebook is now uh, WWE's Persia Parada. Mm. I remember running into her and Indy Hartwell at a Shimmer show in New Orleans many moons ago. Yes, as Facebook or neither of them were wrestling on that show. They were just there as as uh, as fans that night. Okay, wow. I, I love wrestling because there are so many sort of instances of just you know small world occurrences. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, one hundred percent. Can I just um pitch an idea? Some you know my, my social media platform of choice, unfortunately, has been LinkedIn. But if we if we manage to get hold of a character named LinkedIn, I'll be absolutely delighted. <laughs> Oh no. LinkedIn. <laughs> Gosh. That... Don't feel like you have to sign off on it now. Criminally. Just, um... <laughs> a, a missed trick there. Ian. Oof. <laughs> I would have thought LinkedIn, but anyway. 
that, that's, that, that may I, I like think I maybe like that better link Tim link Tim that does make a lot, a lot more sense <laughs> and that's why you're the champ yeah <laughs> oh, you mentioned um Robbie Eagles earlier and something that I've been interested in is the sort of progression that wrestlers from Australia tend to have globally and more often than not we see wrestlers coming across to the US or when our scene over here in the UK was booming we were very fortunate to have a lot of wrestlers from the Australian and New Zealand scene over here as well perhaps what you see maybe less commonly are wrestlers heading up to Japan like Robbie's done and you've got a few exceptions now um, uh, Royce from MCW uh, went to DDT and there's obviously Jay White, Hanari, etc. Do you think with the the huge success that Robbie's had uh, at New Japan, that that sort of opened the door a little bit to wrestlers from PWA or the Aussie scene more broadly taking the Japan route? Look, I usually don't like to give Robbie Eagles too much credit. Okay? I don't want to pump <laughs> up his... But I, I think it's pretty hard to say he hasn't. With, with his success and what he's done in Japan, he has very much opened a door uh, even if it's ever so slightly this door had never even been in existence he has opened a door for Australian wrestlers to at least be looked at in, in some compass some capacity the same in which you know Robbie's been looked at and he obviously been looked at as a bloody a couple of weeks ago a dual champion mm. so 100% Robbie's done amazing work for all of Australian wrestling and not only does he have personal goals, but his biggest goal, and as, as again, don't want to pump up his tires too much, is very much raise the bar for Australian wrestling and get as many eyes on uh, on our scene down here. Because we are so secluded to, to some degree. We are just a big island. But I will just quickly kick on, and not only Robbie, but other people like Madison Eagles. She was uh, the first sort of female to be ranked PWA's top female wrestler outside TNA and WWE. People tend to forget that we have probably arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world in Madison Eagles. Yeah. She put PWA and Australian wrestling on the map uh, in America and, and Japan and other people like Mick Moretti, Jack Bonza, all these other people doing a lot of work to, to again, open up various forbidden doors or all these doors to get more eyes on Australian wrestling. I think not getting to see madison wrestle while i was living in australia is probably my one of my greatest regrets like she's just world class and she's probably the the person that you know opened my eyes to australian wrestling back when she was you know initially shimmer champion like i didn't yeah. even know there was really a australian wrestling scene prior to that exactly you realize shit, she's from sydney and then you kind of obviously work backwards from there try and yeah. find out where'd she come from and then lo and behold she pretty much started a, her own company yeah that's unbelievable do you have sort of a pr preferred route um uh, of travel so when the world opens up you know if you've got a clean slate have you got sort of your eyes on would you you like to head to japan in particular or you at the us in particular or sort of what's your what's your shopping list you know for the next couple of years look uh, i do have a shopping list um as much as i'd love to obviously just stay in australia for as long as yeah. possible and get this going to you know to such a hotbed I do have personal goals as well. Um, and it, it used to be, you know, America. It used to be Japan. But for the last couple of years, for some reason or another, and I just 
love this so much. I just want to go to Mexico. Ah, wow. Amazing. It seems to be the route less traveled, but it seems to be probably the, the most exciting. Yeah, just, I love Lucha Libre. I love the style. I love the, the language. Like, I can speak semi-decent Spanish. Oh, nice. That puts you in good stead. Yeah, exactly. So, if there is an opportunity to present itself, I really do want to explore opportunities in Mexico. Oh, that's really cool. Because there was a, a bloke over there for a while, wasn't it? Australian Suicide. He was in AAA for a bit. Yeah, like, he was in AAA. He was on Lucha Underground. You know, actually doing really, really big things. I think he took a little bit of a break. I don't know what he's currently doing because uh, again it's kind of a little harder to maybe keep your finger on the pulse of mm. Mexican or the Mexican indies mm. yeah 100% yeah he, he another guy very much kind of opening up a little bit of a door for Australian wrestlers to go into the Lucha Libre or the South American scene oh that's really cool okay oh, I, I love that well fingers crossed for you I'm sure they'd be absolutely delighted to have you if, if someone's got connections, boy, can I base. <laughs> I can base well. Putting that out there into the universe. Tweet us those connections, folks. We, we need to get this sorted. So we'll just pause here for a second, if you don't mind, just for a couple of slightly sillier questions that we, we like to ask our guests, and then we'll, we'll get back to the big show in a mo. So the first one, and this is a hot topic uh, <laughs> amongst our, our small but vocal fan base, is... What is your favorite pizza topping? Look, I'm I'm gonna be honest here. It's pineapple. There we go. It's Look, it's the answer. Not the only for. one. <laughs> I I think the the beautiful marriage of the sweetness that comes from the pineapple that matches, you know, the the savory of the ham and a Hawaiian or any any other sort of savory element. I think it just complements each other perfectly. And then you know you get. Pizza Purists that argue your point. I'm like, just let me like what I like. I like pineapple. <laughs> you you eat your boring pizza and then I'll eat mine. Brilliant. You'd have to say that the 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 Hawaiian pizza, if you were to pick one to be the flamboyant of the pizza world, that would be that. You know, it would be the it would be the Hawaiian pizza. The flamboyant <laughs> aggression of the pizza world. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. Very much. And so what is your what are your go to 7-Eleven snacks, especially if, if you know, after a night on the uh, on the beers? OK, like I can maybe answer that in two sort of ways, because obviously 7-Eleven in Australia is pretty different. But I think what's universal is 7-Eleven do coffee and the 7-Eleven in Australia do great coffee. So in the mornings, it's always a coffee and an orange and poppy seed muffin, usually. Yeah. And then if it's uh, a night after a fair few beers on, on the boozer, um, most definitely I've got to at least get some form of uh, a meat pie, whether it's traditional round meat pie or uh, we have what's called traveler pies. So they're actually long pies. Which yeah. are actually fan- I really, that you're just making me think, I really miss the Australian like regional bakeries. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Gareth, it's it's an absolute uh, pastime of obviously visiting the little regional bakeries to, to try their delicacies of fancy sausage rolls or, mm-hmm. or meat pie. Classic has to be done. Has to be done. What what what's the usual go to uh, in the UK? Do you reckon? I think um, well, one of the big ones is probably 
in the daytime, I think more often than not, people would default to a sausage roll of sorts. Uh, yeah, we, we kind of don't have like a preeminent chain like a 7-Eleven. So I think probably the, the next closest thing is like a Greg's, which is yeah, everywhere. So it would be like a sausage, yeah, like a sausage roll. And especially now they do amazing vegan sausage rolls as well. Exactly, yeah. Vegan of coffee, and I say this every time, like I, I've been to the UK and I'll still say Costa's coffee is horrendous oh it's dire yeah it's absolutely it's, dire it's absolute dog shit isn't like, it yeah no, one of the things i loved about living out in you know in uh, victoria was that basically any coffee shop i'd go into guaranteed an amazing cup of coffee like australia the australian coffee scene is yeah so i probably second to none proud <laughs> definitely miss miss living out sort of uh in australia for for many reasons and that is one of them yeah Ugh. so Another question we like to ask is what's something, uh, what, what are you into outside of wrestling, like hobbies or things that people might not know about? So obviously uh, I am uh, a very big uh, sport enthusiast. Mm. Obviously, like may not be a surprise, it's very common. And, you know, I, I just realized it's quite ironic. Tomorrow, I don't know if you get, lads are into this, but I'm heavily into cricket and tomorrow the Ashes start. Ah, of course they do, yeah. I do like Thank a bit of cricket. And uh, that's going to be incredibly exciting. But all, all kinds of sport. I am very much uh, an old soul, so I do like my uh, older music, older movies. Uh, but another thing about me, I just like learning languages. So obviously, as mm. I mentioned, learning Spanish, uh, trying to also simultaneously uh, learn uh, Greek. And then oh, wow. on the, 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 the back end, I was well trying to also pick up on a little bit of Japanese as well. I like you're just trying to put yourself in good stead for any uh, international excursions. If I, if I do a big tour from, you know, Greece, Japan, Mexico, <laughs> I, I'm set on all fronts. Well, that's really cool. Uh, I've dabbled with Spanish and um, Gareth and I are both trying to learn a bit of Japanese. It's, it's going slowly, to, <laughs> say, to put it mildly. But what's um, how, how have you found learning Greek? I've not even looked at the Greek, but that's... Uh, that's got to be a fascinating language, right? Look, it, it is a, a fascinating language. It um, The more you learn Greek, the more you kind of discover its influence in just normal day-to-day mm. life. As example by our new COVID variant, Omicron. Sure, yeah. Uh, it's a Greek letter. Um, look, it, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. Learning just a significant co- uh, co- uh, cultural language is uh, always, uh, to me at least, just... Um, something that kind of gets me interested and you know once once you have one sort of like little bit of a in or one little bit of a carrot you just keep going and you keep digging rabbit hole so are you of um greek heritage i am i sort of thought that might be the case just because i did notice as well there's a huge greek contingent living out in in australia which i had no idea until i lived out there yeah look uh i don't know the number but there is a very big greek community in Australia, but in Melbourne and Sydney alone, the, the Greek uh, demographic is massive. Wow. Gosh, I had no idea. Oh, that's very cool. Another silly one we'd like to ask. Are you uh, a fan of karaoke? And if so, what's your what's your song? I am a fan of karaoke. And I, again, I mentioned I'm a little bit of an old soul. So my karaoke songs are, are not usually the, the karaoke songs that everyone else likes. Mm-hmm. So quite literally, if it's... Anything Billy Joel, Meatloaf, or uh, I would probably throw in Bruce Springsteen as well. Classic. Oh, wow. I would belt the shit out of those. 
<laughs> Great stuff. You're putting yourself in good stead for uh, an excursion for Japan, then, if that's the case. <laughs> oh, let, let, let's go. I'm ready. Perfect. All right. So um, back to the, the meaty stuff, I guess. And I, Gav, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe... Ricky, you are the you're only the third sitting champion that we've had the opportunity to speak to on on this show. Uh, we've spoken to me, Yamashita from Tokyo Joshi Pro, and then the other is the man that you're going to face at the MCW versus PWA show in Adam Brooks. This is a wild contest. You know, two it's so rare you get to see two promotions putting their their top guys in the ring together. I mean, how pumped are you for this match? Look, I am very pumped, but I'm also pumped just to kind of like put on just this kind of spectacle of a show. Because mm. mm. this, this doesn't happen too often. Arguably the two biggest uh, promotions in, in Australia with their two respective champions going at it. It's pretty big. It feels like the eyes of the world are going to be on this one. Mm. Yeah, it really does. Well, look, let me give you a guarantee. If the eyes of the world aren't, watching it live they sure as shit will be watching it back yeah so 100%. Ho- hopefully you know i get to beat adam brooks hopefully pwa walks out victorious but other than that i hope just a lot of people watch it and a lot of people will start looking into the aussie wrestling scene yeah I, it seems like it could be a real boon for uh, australian wrestling you know really open people's eyes and draw new- heaps of new fans to both mcw and, and pwa you know what Win-win. Yeah. 100%. All right. You've been very, very generous with your time, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. But I just suppose you've done a fantastic job of it there. But for anybody that hasn't watched PWA specifically, um, what would you say to them to sort of entice them over? Look, I I would say that obviously wrestling fans like to be uh, on the bandwagon before the bandwagon exists. So uh, if you want to get on board the hype as it's growing, uh, now's going to be your best time um, because, you know, give it about a year or two time, then I, I think that we're going to explode the Australian scene. Um, you can watch us on Fight TV. So the same way that you watch AEW is going to be the same way that you can watch PWA. Um, we're going to be on Fight on that MCW PWA show. So on the 19th of December, you can sign up to Fight Plus. Um but yeah, it's just very much of get on board now before you miss the boat. There you go. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. And that is the, the big show, Worlds Collide. It's MCW and PWA going head to head. Already a series of absolute blockbuster matches from the scene announced. It's going to be a big one, folks. And that's Sunday, 19th of December at 2 p.m. And it's on fight. So get that one. Ricky, thanks so much for your time. We really do appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Gentlemen, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And we're back. We back. So, top bloke there in Ricky South. Really enjoyed that chat with him. You know, it's a real delight to talk to. Really enjoyed his outfit as well. Great classic Jeff Jarrett t-shirt. Slap nuts. And an uh, excellent pink beanie. The the man is very stylish. He is very stylish. It's so easy to talk to as well. And if you haven't checked out Ricky's work already, uh, we've got at least one of the free PWA shows up on our twitter there there are a couple so if you check out their youtube page you can get to see ricky ahead of worlds collide but i really do think he's, he's going to be one to watch yeah. in the next couple of years so it's if you like us and you like finding bands before they hit the charts this is the equivalent here you know get involved with ricky now and you you'll be the smartest guy in the room in a couple of years yeah. 
And I mean, what a track record we've got as well. You know, if you look at the interviews in our back catalogue, we've gotten in on the ground floor or sort of caught people on the way up anyway, now that are huge, huge stars. So yeah, you know, take it from us. Ricky, Ricky South is uh, on his way to the top. We did actually put that to Ricky uh, once we stopped recording and he, he felt quite confident that he'd be the man to buck the trend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Very funny. Great guy. Wonderful yeah. stuff. Okay, let's talk about these other matches. So, where do you want to start first? Well, this is it because I don't know about you, but when I finished watching these, I thought, wow, these are two matches that are telling a very similar story, but they're delivering Absolutely. it in different ways. You know, we weren't clever enough to figure that out ahead of time. It's just, uh, you know, happenstance. But let's start off with Take and Ueno. So, this one went about half an hour. As the finals of Dio Grand Prix tournament, Take, the current KOD Openweight champion against his Sauna Kamina brethren, Yuki Ueno, former Universal champion. And my first take home for this one is just how big Take looked compared mm. to Ueno. He looked mm. ginormous. He really did. I really felt like this match, Take was just able to bully poor Ueno here. He became Junakiyama. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's exactly what I have in my notes. That's really, really funny. <laughs> Basically wrote that it feels like, it really felt like Take was wrestling like longtime rival Janakiyama in yeah, this match. he'd taken on those traits and he was, for lack of a better word, bullying Ueno. And I thought Yuki played a wonderful baby face in oh, peril. so good. Sound effects, you know, the, the noise he was making, he sounded like he was really struggling. I don't know if he actually was, yeah. but he sounded like it. And it was very convincing. And Take just looked like he was made of bricks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yuki was trying all sorts. Some absolutely brutal suplexes and brain busters out of Take as well. And poor Yuki here. Oh, yeah. If you, you may have seen the gif flying around, but there is a German suplex that Take delivers to Yuki. Wait just soars across the ring and then there's a second one later in the match from the top rope and yeah that needs to be seen to be believed but the thing that i loved most about this match mm. were the exchanges and forearms yes that that told a real story and you know you Ueno was firing and firing and firing and he, he just didn't give up but Taki was bigger and badder and it just at the end of the day it was very much a good big man beats good little man yeah kind of scenario for a match between stablemates and friends this felt so personal like it didn't feel like a, a match that was a friendly rivalry it felt yeah. like you know there was some major slight between the two i'm really glad you brought that up because i thought the same but when i think back to you know, pretty much any sporting event i've seen be it boxing or ufc or football even where you've got friends on either side of the field more often than not they go harder on each other mm, it's just something that happens and you know i've been there as well and i don't know what it is if there's a sense of liberty it's certainly not from my end it wasn't a feeling of wanting to one-up my friend that wasn't it at all i just felt like i could more freely express myself and kind of we both knew the score there was like an unspoken agreement and i don't know if that's what was going on here but you definitely got the sense that they let everything hang out they hit each other probably harder than they would have hit anybody else this year i would say mm, mm. yeah so just really hard hitting fantastic contest here top tier you know a re i feel like a really great um example if you wanted to show somebody 2021 what the non-comedy stuff 
how good the non-comedy stuff in DDT is. Yeah, 100%. I think you would point to this. And two of the, you know, shining lights of the company, they've built from the ground up, you know, homegrown stars, action like you're probably not going to see exactly anything like this elsewhere in Japan, I don't feel. No, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it was really, really good stuff. Take picks up the win with what appeared to be a chicken wing. You know, they kind of stayed in that position on the floor after the match and all the feelings suddenly came mm-hmm. rushing back brotherhood returned to both of their mortal coils and all of a sudden they were they were friends again and yeah. you know Taki looked very concerned for him and it, it was it was fascinating mm. it really was it was very much a blood brothers kind of fight yeah and just I, I enjoyed the kind of subtle heelishness of Take in this we've only ever seen him as a, a face and for the longest time he's been the face underdog against Akiyama since we and kind of started tuning in there. Yeah, you know, well, imagine that story if it plays out that he's been so focused on Akiyama for the last 12 months possibly longer that in the end he becomes him. You know, not only did he vanquish him, but he's taken on all of his traits in order to do so and as a result he's he's a mean SOB now. Yeah. I can't remember the exact quote, but you know, be careful those who sort of fight monsters often become monsters themselves. There you go. There you go. 100%. So there we go. Keep an eye on that one. Um, lots of good stuff coming up from DDT, one of our favorite promotions here on the podcast, not least Daisuke Sasaki versus Master Takahashi. Ooh. I do think something else to draw attention to before we just move, move off from talking about this match is this is pretty unusual. So Takeshita has won. This is his third tournament he's won in DDT this year. Right. He's won King of DDT. Yes. He's won the Ultimate Tag League with Shonma. And he's now won Dio Grand Prix 2021 Part 2. Man, you're, you're so right. And also yeah. winning a tournament like this as the the open weight champion you know so being the king of the castle effectively that's pretty unusual you know you don't see that a whole heap because you usually use a tournament like this to generate a new top challenger for the for the belt so you know really interesting to see where things head after this yeah that's a fantastic point yeah good point well made okay folks and then we head over to the US for this show, Fate Forever, from Beyond Wrestling, our first trip to Beyond Wrestling. Weird that they call it Fet Forever. Yeah, what's that all about? <laughs> American fans. Come on, America. That's the first time I've ever, yeah, I've never never heard it pronounced like that. That was a new one on me. Oh, come on, folks. You know, let's have a conversation here. Stop trying to make Fet happen. <laughs> Perfect. We needed a Mean Girl reference. Um... <laughs> Do you remember? So Liam and I, we bought that on, on DVD uh, as teenagers, not knowing much about it, but ended up absolutely loving it. But we just bought it because we liked Lindsay Lohan, I think. Yeah, it was literally because we liked Lindsay Lohan. And Cause... just discovered an incredible comedy like that we <laughs> otherwise would never have watched in a million years. You, you perhaps get in the picture that we're quite manly men. And... <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Great film. And on Thursdays, we wear pink. <laughs> Ridiculous. It used to be Fridays, we moved it forward. Yeah, man, this was a lot of fun. And I just want to say a quick note on the whole atmosphere. Mm. I loved it. I mean, I don't know if it's ideal in in the times that we are to have quite so many people panting and banging on the Like sardines. But, you know, just view it in a vacuum. It looked like an amazing show to be at. And I was 
my big take home from watching this as a fan was, oh, God, I wish I'd been there for yeah, that one. Absolutely. It, it just looked like so much fun. It felt like peak electric ballroom sort yes. of electricity, didn't it? Yeah, 100%. It was really good. And interesting as well, because like the Taka Yueno mm. match, this was, you know, a David and Goliath of sorts. And it was really interesting to see yeah. Alex Shelley in that role because yeah. he's not the biggest Just, guy no and and since his sort of don't call it a comeback but comeback he's been a face everywhere you know i've not seen him work heel in the absolute longest time so again i really love the kind of him embracing that and being the kind of subtle heel here yeah 100 really worked for me and it does kind of make me long for a proper shelly heel turn let's do it let's do it i think he's well, he's, he's talking awfully heelishly on Twitter uh, with regards to his entry to the Battle of Los Angeles mm, in PWG oh God, I think we're going to have to watch that, aren't we? That's I think that should be our entry point into PWG. Is it? Can you get it on VOD now? Yes, through High Spots. Oh, okay. I thought they were still kicking out tapes. I had no idea. Oh, that's really cool. Either that or I thought you were going to fly us over to LA for my birthday, oh, which is going to be yes, pretty please. sweet. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm open to it. So yeah, I think we need to dive in on that one because it's already got a great lineup. Jonah, Alex Shelley, I think Leo Rush as well. Yeah, they keep just adding to the insanity. It's going to be nuts, no doubt about it. But um, yeah, back to this one. This was interesting because whereas the Takeyueno dynamic was more big man, little man, I don't mean little man in a derogatory sense, you understand. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was, yes, Alex Shelley was a bigger wrestler than Ruby Soho, but he didn't use power offense or size offense. He was using his incredible scientific wrestling, his torturous scientific wrestling mm. to overwhelm her. So much so that during some of these transitions, I just saw maths. I just saw algebra <laughs> just flying through the screen. It was incredible to watch. And the commentators quite rightly referred to him as a virtuoso, which I thought was Truly. a very good name. Apologies, Dionna Perrazzo. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was incredible. The first half of this match, the way he was overwhelming Ruby just mm. with the technical just stuff. Super unique stuff. Yeah. And then the fire that she showed in her comebacks and she kind of switched the game up a little bit. She focused her attack on a particular body part. I think it was the tricep she was going after. Very specific. The back and forth and the stretch for this was just crazy. And the crowd was so so into it. There was some near falls, just like roll-ups and various pinning combinations that Ruby was getting uh, on you know on the stretch of this match and the crowd are absolutely biting for it and you know yeah. for every single one and you know it really took me along for that ride with it like it did a yeah. good, good enough job even though I know even though I knew who won it just dragged me along with it I was just like you know you couldn't help but root for Ruby Soho here yeah no it's so true and you really saw the power and the benefit of a live audience that's allowed to chant as well you know it felt like a real crazy atmosphere but I just thought it was so interesting when you mm. contrast it with the Takeshita Ueno match, because that is a match 30 minutes long, stiff as hell, hard hitting. Both men are going to be feeling it tomorrow. I'm not suggesting by any stretch that Alex Shelley and Ruby Soho will be walking out of this one skipping, but this was built more on technique than mm. it was on hard hitting stuff. And even at the end, the near falls that you're talking about, they weren't big moves no. or Mm-mm. hard hits. They were just clever counters and combinations. And in the end, 
you know, it's very difficult to out-wrestle Alex Shelley. I don't care who you are on the planet. And Ruby did a brilliant job, but in the end, she got caught. And Shelley, showing that subtle heelishness, didn't take the pin. Instead, you know, dragged her shoulder up himself on yeah. the three and switched her into the Border City stretch, a very cool submission hold, and got the submission victory. So, yeah, it was... Lots of character work, but I just thought it was so interesting to see kind of the same story, but just delivered in completely different yeah. ways. You know, this was a real a sprint that it felt like this match. 11 minutes. It didn't let up at all. You know, it was a. It almost felt like blinking, you'll miss it, sort of how beady this was. Yeah. Really, really loved it. Sometimes less is more. Sometimes less is more. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I do think these two definitely have a longer match in them in the future but i thought this was a great just sprint you know middle of a show great title match yeah i mean look we're getting into end of year list season and you know if you've been listening to the podcast for a while you know we kicked out our favorite matches of the year last year and we're going to do the same again literally just our favorite matches not what we thought was the best or anything like that just the ones that we enjoyed the most so you'll get a real kind of mixed bag there but I would say just ahead of time, having a short match does not preclude you from yeah. being part of this list. Um, you know, some of my favorite matches this year, and this is now one of them, have been relatively short. You know, I think back to Choker Pro 100, the Mesaruga Mizuki match was not the longest match, certainly by their standards. And I loved that match. You know, a sprint's fun. I love a sprint. It is, yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Lots of fun. Two great matches that I urge you to check out. As I mentioned, the Beyond show is on IWTV. That's a great service. There's loads of stuff on there. If you're into more of your Japanese stuff, there are Japanese shows on there. Freedoms are on there and a few others. So do check it out. And of course, the DDT show was up on Wrestle Universe. So that is about all we have time for, I think. So next week, really excited to have Ricky Self's MTW versus PWA World's Collide opponent, the loose ledge, the MCW world champion, Adam Brooks, back on the podcast. Really looking forward to speaking to Adam again. He's always great fun. It'd be intriguing to see what he thinks of this here matchup. So that's going on next week. In the meantime, folks, if you want some more wrestling podcast goodness, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Wrestling Pod. That's wrestling without the E. You can also send us an email, wrestlingpod at gmail.com. Again, wrestling without the E. For all the links, personal bios, places to download, where you can find the podcast on your platform of choice, just head over to wrestlingpod.com. Again, wrestling without the E. And please do spread the word if you know somebody that you think might enjoy this. We'd absolutely be so grateful if you could encourage them to check us out. Also, please do consider uh, liking, subscribing, and leaving us a review on your platform of choice as well. These things really do help us out, particularly with regards to procuring new guests so we'll be very grateful for any reviews ideally positive that you could leave and in the meantime stay happy stay safe and enjoy the graps Mm -hmm.